Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is Jaded. I am Jody. That was James Bay and Let It Go. That was a prominent song in my life for a while. I'd say about a year ago. Uh, every time I got in the car, damn thing was on. Not words you want to hear when you're trying to work things out. Let it go, for sure. But sometimes life tells you where you need to go, whether you want to know it or not. So, here I am. I'm in my good friend Nick's house. Hi. Him. And he's not Neil or Nedro or whatever the hell he wanted his name to be. Today he is Nick, and I'm very proud of that. Because being who we are is the best that we can be. And... I think I've always felt that way. Pretending to be someone you're not doesn't get you far. And it, it hurts you in the long run. So, good start to a Sunday morning, huh, Nick? Sunday fun day? Sunday's good. That's not the morning, Jody. Well, <laughs> to me who woke up, uh, you know, an hour and a half ago, it is. It oh, is. Oh, I see. So. It is. But, you're right. For most of us, it is not the morning. But... Uh, I did have a topic in mind, and I'm struggling real quick to run fast to it. Oh, I think it was the medication again. Uh, that was part of it. Um, as most of my listeners know, I'm bipolar with a depressive disorder, and learning that I need to be on medication for the rest of my life is not something I wanted to find out. Not something that makes me happy, but I've acquiesced to this. I've been seeing someone who is a licensed uh, pharmaceutical dispensing uh, technician. What do we call it? Nurse practitioner. Something like that, yes. And been on meds back and forth. And here we go today. This, honestly, folks, this week, this last week, first time I've worked 40 hours in a week in a very long time. I'm usually late. <coughs> I have to cut out early. Um... Usually it's the late thing, but this is the first week that I worked 40 hours, and I'll tell you what, Thursday night I met up with a friend, he needed a favor, needed to go downtown, uh, needed a ride, I looked like I'd just gotten out of work, I was wearing my stupid scrubby looking shirt, Marathon Medical, and my stupid black shoes that I have to wear because they're closed toed, and I'm like, do I look like I want to go downtown? And so we made this decision, okay, well let's, we'll go hit up Target real quick. Because, well, it's it's me. I have to have cute shoes. My jeans were cool because I was already wearing jeans and the jeans look nice. Needed a shirt. Needed some makeup. So shoes. No, no, no. Shoes, shirt, uh, jewelry. So we go to Target. We get the stuff. We go to Walmart. Or not Walmart. <laughs> Fuck. 
We go to Goodwill. I'm trying to hurry through this because it's not a great story. But, so I do all this, but the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, God damn it, I don't want to fucking be doing this. Like, I just want to go home. I want to sleep. Why can't I just say no? But so then I'm like, but then I'm like, Jody, you never do shit. You sleep all the time. You know, this is a good opportunity to get out. Just fucking roll with it. So I roll with it, but Nick, the whole time inside, and I hate to reference this again, but the akathisia, like, I feel like I'm dying inside. And I don't want to be doing any of this, but I'm putting on this smile. I'm, you know, trying on the clothes. My friend comes by after we've been there 10 minutes or so. He's like, so how you doing? I'm like, well, I just got some shoes to try on. You find me a shirt. And he's like, well, honestly, I've been in the car. I'm just waiting. And I said, well, you find me a shirt then while I go try on my shoes. I find a decent pair of shoes. I come out. He texts me. I'm in the car, chilling. Dude, and I text him back. I'm like, fuck you. Like, I didn't want to do this shit to begin with, okay? And second of all, I thought this shit was on you. Like, I'm not buying this stuff to go downtown with you. Like, you want me to go with you? You better put up for this. So he's like, okay, well, how much is your stuff? Whatever. He comes and pays for it. I suit up. I look pretty good. I do as well as I can, you know. We go downtown. We get in the restaurant. It's cool. We're meeting people. Most of the people we already know, especially Key, my boy Key, D-A-S, down there at Oscar Blues. And the first thing he, he says is like, so you're going to hook us up on the food? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I've had this problem with him before. And I finally broke it down to him. And I know he was not happy to hear this. But I was like, look, everywhere we go, I feel like you're looking for an in. You're looking for a discount. You're looking for a freebie. You're looking for a... And he goes, well, that's just what I'm used to. And I said, well, that's fine. But to me, it's embarrassing. Like, I can pay for my dinner. I can pay for my drinks. Like, I don't need a hookup to fucking be here. I'm here to represent with you, with your people. You know, I, I'm not here looking for handouts. And that's what how does I... A, what does a hookup mean? A hookup means... You're pretty and you go... No, no, no. A hookup means he's, he's pops, so they're going to give him free food. I don't go places expecting free anything. I go places expecting to be able to pay for myself. You know, if I end up getting a hookup, cool. But I'm not walking in the door going, are you going to hook me up? Mm -hmm. So I finally laid it down for him, and I'm like, I'm sorry. This may be the way that you're used to, but it embarrasses me. I said, it embarrasses me, and I don't like it. And he's like, well, that's just, you know, that's just that's what I'm used to. And I'm like, good for you. I'm telling you, I'm with you. It embarrasses me. There was silence for a little bit, okay? Mm. Uh, then he starts tripping about, he needs to go get a cigarette, he needs to get a smoke. Well, when we came cruising down the alley where he says he parks all the time, but we weren't able to find a space, the door was locked. So some dude recognized him, kind of joked with him, but let us in. He's like, no, this door is always locked. So Ed, my friend, wants to sneak out this door and go have a smoke. And I'm like, seriously, can't you wait? Why just, you know, just a quick drag. He's been trying to quit for like 10 years at least. So he's down to he gets a puff or two and he's good. But he has to have that puff or two. Okay, I feel like I'm with a drug addict who has to go take a hit real quick. Because right now he's like spying the bar, looking for somebody who can let him duck out and let him back in. And I'm like, I'm looking to order food because we just spoke to the cook who was a good friend, Key. Key was a chef. He's like, hurry up and order your food so we can cook it. Then we can come out and talk. So my friend wants to go have a smoke. And I'm super, super 
super akathisia irritated with this. But I'm like, you go do whatever you need to do. Go ahead. I'll stay here. You go do whatever you need to do. So he's gone for 15 minutes, does his thing, comes back. We order our food. And I have to say, by the way, Oscar Blues, Hail Chef Kai Ki Kai. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I said Kai. It's because it's K-I, Kishon. Excellent food. Mm -hmm. Excellent food. They had the Poutine Dream. Oh, my gosh. Was that thing heavenly? They had That's catfish. That's New Orleans thing? Poutine. It was, um, it, mostly it was French fries that were just drowned in gravy with bacon. Oh, yeah. With, so it's New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so throughout the night, I'm kind of, I'm feeling that I'm being bitchy, edgy. I, I actually, on our way up, I told him, I said, you know what I need? I think I need some Midol. Nick, do you know what Midol is? Yeah. What does Midol do? Well, Midol takes care of pe period cramps. And anything else? Um, you should look into it because I found women who take it on a daily basis because it helps them. Is it good for depression? It's supposed to be good for mood instability. Yeah. It's supposed to be good for know. irritability. Yeah. I don't really know what's in it. But since I needed some I that other it was night, a, a and I was a form of Tylenol or something, or I yeah. Only it's specifically geared towards women. It could be, you know, that um, sugar pill effect. Uh huh. But I know a lot of women. I just recently found this last weekend who take Midol on a regular basis because it helps them not be a bitch. Oh yeah. 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 So that might be something worth looking into. But I warned my friend that I might need some because I was feeling very much on the edge. Like, everything was irritating me. Everything was, like, high-strung. Like, literally, Nick, I felt like like I needed a high. Like I needed a hit. Okay? I felt like I was regressing were, back to where trigger. I was using, and I needed some more to get me back up. But that's good, because you recognized the trigger. Well, I guess. But I didn't understand why I felt that way when I hadn't used in all this time. It felt like that... You might not be able to identify with this, but if you've ever used drugs on a continual basis, and if you go without, either because you want to quit or because you just haven't got any, you start to get this, like, need, this anticipation, restlessness, this, I got it, I got it, I got it. Can't stay still. And that's how I felt. Okay? And I didn't necessarily... But the remedy for that in the past has always been, you got... You, you get, get some. You get drugs. You get some. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, because it's been so long, it really didn't occur to me, till now that that was a drug need. I was just thinking, I'm about to have my period. I'm a raging bitch. So that's why you're reaching for the Midol. That's why I'm thinking Midol. Midol might help. Well, he didn't get Midol. So all throughout the night, I was seriously in a state of just total frustration with him. Mm -hmm. That, you know, so at some point I'm like, you know, he's waiting around for the hookup. They give us a 5% family discount. He's not happy with that. I'm like, it's a fucking discount. The food was amazing. <coughs> I will pay for all of this. Like, so we hit that frustration. So I go to my car, smoke in my car, smoke some pot, smoke some cigarettes, waiting for him to come, nothing. Walk to the front of the building, where that's where you're supposed to come in. I walk in, I'm like, hey, has anybody seen so, x my, my friend. And, oh, no, no, haven't seen him. I go to talk to Key, who's behind the fucking burners, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's downstairs. What's downstairs? The basement. Downstairs is the, the space that he wants to rent out for his performers. 
see. The reason we went up there is because he wants to talk to the guy that owns it so he can hook up a night where they can have an event. Mm-hmm. Cool. Communicate with me, motherfucker. Communicate rap, rap with me. Performers? What does he do? Um, yeah, some of them are rap artists. Some of them are... It's just music artists. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. either way, he forgot I was there. Forgot about you were it, That's how I felt. <laughs> I mean, that was my impression. That was my... Normally, I would say that was my not on medication, not on antidepressant person. But no, that was me that night. Super frustrated. Super insecure. Um, oh, nothing... Let me stop you right here. I've known you for 15 years, okay? And... I know that you're really big on, if you're with a, with a gentleman, that he acts like a gentleman, okay? And that he opens the doors for you, he's treating you, you know, you like that, you respect that, you don't like a guy disappearing, right? No. Not telling you, not paying for the food, not wanting to pay for the no, food. No, and I felt like I had to hunt him right. down for the tab. Yeah. Like, I told the waitress when I saw her, I'm like, have you seen my guest? She's like, no. I'm like, well, I'm trying to find him because I want to make sure he pays you. And she goes, well, I'm going to follow you. Right? Like, it was that intense. It was that intense, right? That of a situation. Everybody was suspecting. And when I go down there, he's like, oh, no big deal. He got that. Like, he believes this world of gratuity evolves around him and that the whole world just kind of waits for him because he owns this sense of domineerance that maybe in a lot of worlds it does exist, but you have to remember the world is an ever-changing place. And when you go from one environment to the next, you have to adapt. You cannot assume that the same ambiance in this place <coughs> is going to exist in this one, nor is the grace or the gratitude. You have to adapt. Well, that's true, but he's a fucking narcissist, okay? It's all about him. See, and I all disagree. Right? Oh, come on. No, but see, if he You're gets it for free, I should be impressed. Blah, blah. I should be this high-heeled... I know nothing, and oh, well, she got his dinner for free. But no, I'm actually involved, and I hear... Do you think he hear... was actually trying to impress you? Continually. Of what a player he is, or, some, or whatever? No, 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 just continually. Do, do you not believe when you were in my presence, you were continually trying to impress me? I believe that any man in my presence, or any... I think if you were on a date, or if you were on... If you were out and about, your hope is that the person you are with is impressed, is pleased, is happy with all that's going on. I don't think that well, you think try to make yeah. it uncomfortable for them. I'm not that paid that much attention to it with my male friends, but certainly with my female friends. Okay, well, that would be all me. Right, so that would be, uh, there is a gender perspective here, okay? And you do feel a little protective, a right, little, of course. like you want to make sure I'm pleased as, as yeah, you are. Yeah, and I think that's why when we went to PF Chang's, it was I'm, so wonderful was because we were both so pleased and excited. Yeah. Neither one of us was going, can I get money off this? Can you cut this down? Like, that takes away from the entire ambiance. And by surprise, they did give us a plate free. They did, yes. (laughs) Right, because they were a little late in bringing it out. It was cold. And it wasn't because we complained. Right. All we said was it it was a little bit cold. It shouldn't be a fight over who's going to pay for what. When I go out, first of all, if I go out, I know I can pay for myself. I might not be able to pay for you, okay? But I can pay for me. And I don't want to be embarrassed about you not being able to pay for yourself. Say that before we go, right? And the whole thing with him, it's just like... I think he's a narcissist. A narcissist. But I have to say that everything he does is for his family. 
it's for a betterment of everything he does. He expects to bring his children and family through on his coattails. There is never a selfish thought in his mind. What is his benefit? Seeing his family happy. Well, yeah, but there's a benefit then he's happy, right? Well, yes, we can go to that selfish length where, right. you know, self-serving or, or yeah. serving others aren't is always self-serving. I'm a wonderful person. I'm doing all this for you. Right, right. but he's not, I don't, I don't think that he sees self-glory, which is why well, I think he misses a or, lot. Or else he has low self-esteem and he's trying to say in the back of his uh, soul, please like me, see how much I do for you. That, yeah. that could be. I'm but just throwing cards on the table. That could be. But why would you expect people to like you when you don't expect to pay f for things? Well, because that means that you have connections. You have power. I guess. And, and that's what frustrates me. Is it's like, it's, go it's up delusions. there willing to pay for yourself. If they happen to give you a gratitude and you don't have to pay, that's when you should feel grateful. But you don't go in expecting things and putting that pressure on other people and therefore putting your partner or friend in the loo. Like, I'm not an idiot. Okay, I'm so not... we're not blaming him for you being triggered. We're actually looking oh, at it. the trigger part I missed. No, we haven't gotten to the trigger part. So that was that night. <laughs> I hate to cut things off. We, on the way home, we kind of went back and forth. I warned him I wasn't in a good mood. I didn't plan to do that with my evening. I was sorry if I ruined things, but I don't think I did. I, I was like... very cordial with the guy who was helping him with that. I really connected with him. That was great. But um, the thing that triggered me was, so Friday night. Again, wasn't expecting to go out. Um, we went to Target by his house. Friday night? Friday night. When you bought the clothes? No, that was Thursday night. Friday oh, night, we Friday. were going to try to do it again. We were going to try to do the clothes thing again. Right? Oh, because you didn't get clothes the Thursday night? No, I wore them Thursday night. This was another. Oh, night. this is the, the next night. Friday night. Friday. Friday night, I wore my regular Friday clothes to work. We went to Target that night. We went in. We found what we wanted. As we were leaving, Nick, I saw two little kids that just glowed on the outside as they came running in. And it was Ruby and Charlie, Sherry's kids. The, the friend I'm not seeing anymore. Oh, that, the person who is a drug addict and a meth addict and has these two beautiful kids. She has four beautiful kids. Four beautiful kids, yeah. But I saw these two running in, and I was like, I had, wait, wait, wait. And I ran back, and I'm like, Ruby, Ruby, Charlie, hi. And they came back, they're like, oh, Miss Jody, Miss Jody, Ollie's not here with us tonight. And I said, that's okay, just tell Ollie I love him, okay? And I look up, and I can see their mom, and she looks back at me, and she's like, Ugh. she just keeps walking All right. with her new friend. And I just... Uh-huh. You felt for the kids, that's for sure. I know you. I hugged him. I said I loved him. I got in the car and I said, Ed, I need to take you home because I need to go home. I said seeing him really triggered something in me that hurts a lot. And I want to go after it just to make it feel better. Did it make you angry or mad? Uh, angry or, or sad? It made me feel lost and alone and desperately needing to connect. With her. That's a pattern of yours. It's not just a pattern. It's a very strong pull. And I, when I don't see her, when I don't see them, Nick, it is so, so much easier to lay to bed because I know I just can't deal with that.
But when I saw them in person, it just flipped me upside down. And my friend Ed was like, you know, okay, that's fine. I get it. That's cool. Are you sure you don't want to go out? I said, no, I definitely know. Do you that realize I how much trauma you experienced by being an addict? I mean, the trauma in general of being an addict is very traumatizing, okay? It's not as traumatizing as my childhood. Well, I'm just saying. So All am right, I. So, with, when you were friends with her, uh, you were engaged in traumatizing behavior. Okay, but All Nick, right? what you don't understand is I'm familiar with traumatizing behavior. It feels I good I and know. normal to me. It feels comfortable. Me. That environment feels comfortable. It does. That, that's why you can't divorce yourself from it entirely yet. No, I can't. I, no, I have. That's what post-traumatic stress is. That's why uh, guys who come in uh, the, uh, the Marines who, who have experienced battle want to turn out to be cops and firefighters, okay? Because they need that opposition? They need that, no, they need that, that, that adrenaline, yeah. That, it's an addictive thing in and of itself. I agree, okay. Okay, that, yep. trauma is addictive, all right? Pain is comfortable. Uh, a lot of people... Pain is comfortable. Why is pain comfortable? Why would I choose pain... That part is hard for me, Nick. People sometimes can't connect to their inner soul until they feel pain. I have been, I've had girlfriends who love pain because they can't go where they want to go without having pain. I've had girlfriends who, um, you know, want to call you um, daddy. Because That's their daddy, wrong. their daddy was abusive. I'm not going as far. I know. I'm sexual. just. Using, I'm using. I'm not even. I know you're that. using examples, but. No, I'm not talking about sexual. I'm talking about how people react to trauma, whether but, it be soldiers or or people who have experienced it. In how do you way. get away from pain feeling good? Can you? Because it's not even good in a, in a way that I enjoy. It's good in a way that satisfies the creatures in my brain that tell me I deserve that. It satisfies them. It doesn't satisfy me. God, that sounds I think, I think weird. You, I think you hit it on the head right there. I think that sounds weird. We it not, doesn't satisfy we, me. Don't, don't judge it. It's what it is. Okay, don't judge it. Don't say, oh, it's weird. Uh, it's, we've heard all that, and here we are, okay? And now how, what, how are you going to deal with this? Oh, but why do I have things in my brain that need satisfaction that are outside of me? Because you have a lot of wounds. Is that a thing, even? Yeah. And when these wounds open up, you associate it with a certain type of performance that you must that you have to go through. Well, these wounds don't open up until I you act have, out a particular... Oh, yeah, you'll get triggered. Right. You know? It's not like I. There are some there are some triggers that I know that I've learned, you know, mm -hmm. for particular things. But so many of them are. I don't recognize them as negative patterns or derogatory feelings and thoughts until I'm already in the thick of it. I know. So you're drawn to that. You're drawn to people who. I've been good about that. I'm not drawn towards any towards anybody lately. Well. Except you and your, Ed. Your friend, Ed, um, seems to have the ability to trigger you. Oh, my gosh. Well, but we've known this. Ed and I go back and forth. I've cut him off several times throughout our friendship and throughout my life because he's more than I can control. But I also recognize he's someone that 
He's someone that sees me and cares about me and doesn't want to discard me. That's huge. There's a lot of people you should have discarded and you've never done that. What? I, your pattern no, over the minute. Say that again. Say that right. again. There's many people in the past, your past, yes. that you should have discarded. But because they triggered you in this fashion, they sent you back to that pain place. And why do you have to feel pain to feel like you're worth anything? All right. Now look at all the relationships. Like at this point in my life, I've discarded everyone except you and Ed. Okay. Well. So you can't tell me that I haven't discarded no, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying there's a long pattern of... Of me discarding 20, uh, people. Yeah, 20 isn't years. isn't it also the same pattern of people of not discarding me? them soon enough, that's for sure. Not soon enough, true. Because I have hope. I always have yeah. hope. And I that's always... The, you're not benefiting from that pattern. No, but I do at some point get to a point where I recognize it is too toxic for me to take on. Or they recognize it is and they end it. But either way, I don't have any connections to anybody right now except you and him. I know, but you... Here's the big thing, I think. You don't want to be rejected, okay? Who does? You don't. Who does? You know, Do you, you want to be rejected? A, you have, no, of course not, but I can handle it. Well, I, don't, I don't go into a crisis. I can handle it too. I don't, yeah. I don't go into a crisis until it's someone that I've been in an, ex, an extended relationship with that when I feel them leaving. But initial rejections, I can handle that. You know how many men I've asked out that have turned me down? Several, many. And I've taken it with a grain of salt. But it's someone that I've been with that I've exposed a part of myself to that then wants to reject me that feels so painful. That's when I can't let go. And that's when you want to numb out. And you would normally have gone... Nick, I'm finding lately that I want to numb out all the time. My life is good. I know, but this is... is My life is good. But you're still... Recovery. But my life is good. Well, you should Why be... can't it feel good? Why did I sleep all day yesterday? Yesterday I... I think you were depressed. I. Why am I still depressed? Depression never goes away. You can moderate it. I'm on medication, for it fuck's sake. It doesn't go away. But it should moderate. It, I thing, shouldn't all right, sleep you're, you're, for 48 hours you at might a be time. A, you might be depressed now, but if you weren't taking your medication, you might be suicidal. Oh, so it's okay that I sleep all weekend long, but hey, I didn't kill myself. Is that what I have to expect? Well. Is is that my end-all, be-all, is that I should celebrate that I didn't die? Because I'll tell you, it doesn't give me a lot to look forward to. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on for you right now. No, Um, actually, there's not. Yes, there is. In your, no. bo- in your body, in your mind, in your chemistry, everything's going, a lot of things are going. Everything should be going peachy fucking keen right now. I have my job. I work 40 hours a week. I have a place I'm going to be in on October 24th. My car is running great. My son, Colby, doesn't have a chance to abuse me. I'm doing great. My dad was my ally the other night. I, I should read you some of the texts when I broke it open to him. And I said, Dad, I'm afraid to live on my own. I've never, ever lived on my own. And my dad says, never? Like three question marks. Uh-huh. I know he's got six kids. It's hard to keep track of. Well, now he's got grandchildren. But I have never lived on my own. And I am fucking afraid. Well, Luna is, an, is Luna, my daughter Luna is, has the same problem. She doesn't like being there at her house all by herself with her son over here, you know? Well, she's found a way around that. Mm-hmm. 
desperately just, seeking a relationship with a man, she is. I just course. don't understand. So she doesn't have to be alone. Why can't I be okay <coughs> enough to carry myself through the weekends? Why? You know, I make it through the week okay as long as I get it through my work day. You know, I'm so tired. But, and why am I so fucking tired? God damn That's, it. That could be the medication. <sighs> I mean, you should see Hazel. Hazel's on Suboxone, my daughter. Right. Well, I'm she not sits, on she that. She gets up in the morning. She sits on the couch, totally asleep, sitting up for three hours. I can't do that. I could never do that. I well, have to be not. laying down. Well, she works at night. So. And when I was asleep, Nick, like I was asleep all day yesterday, all night, night before, all night last night, and my dreams are horrible. My dreams are my daughter being pregnant, and right around the time I know she's supposed to give birth, my ex moves her out of state, and she has her baby far away from me where I can't be there, where she doesn't want me. And I, I, I go back to this dream, and I dream it the whole fucking 24 hours. And... And I just... I just feel like waking up and dealing with the reality of my world is going to be even worse than that. Why is that? What do I don't know what to do anymore. I don't... First time in your life you've ever had an opportunity like this. You know? I should be excited. I should be excited. I should be... Are you dependent on other people to have valid validation? I don't know. Uh, my whole life, probably. Who isn't? We all need validation, Nick. Uh, yeah, That's a, a little, silly I question. Need some validation. I don't. I kind of don't. I, I, if I do things, I do them more or less for myself most of the time. Bullshit. Well, I like Orion. If I do something for him, he says thank you. You know. Are you doing it for the thank you he gives you? No, I do it because I love him. I just. But you have him to do that for. Yeah. If you had no one in this house to do that for, how do you think your life would be? I'd have to experiment with that. I had the whole weekend free. I didn't have any, any kids, any grandkids, nobody here. Uh, I just hung out. Actually, Mel came over. We hung out, had a good time. We smoked some weed. And, uh, you know, it just ate dinner. I, I actually made dinner for her. Which, you know, I didn't expect her to, you know, sleep with me or say thank you. Know, I didn't even expect her to say thank you. She does anyway. Who is that? Melanie. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just... Um, okay, you know, but you also live in a place where you have Melanie. She's a neighbor. Imagine I moving know, yourself out to a place where no one is near you. No one has a need to come by. No one... There's going to be no one... You have to learn how to make a nest somehow without... I make... I, you've always made a nest, but there's always been four kids and, you know, chaos around you. I, I do weird fucking things, Nick. Like, when I was at Target the other night with Ed and we were going through all that bullshit, before I ran into the kids that triggered me, I was buying all of these cool Halloween decorations. Now, if you know me, I don't fucking like Halloween. The only reason I like Halloween is because my kids got candy and I got to eat it. <laughs> okay, that was the only reason I like Halloween. I bought candy today. I got a bucket of candy out there, so. Well, I bought a bunch of little, you know, pumpkins and different things to decorate my place with. And when I brought them home, lo and behold, they are the exact color of my mother's home. I didn't know that when I was buying them, or did I? Right? Well, like, I don't know. you might have. I don't know. I, that's what I don't know. But they fit perfectly with my mom's decor. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, did I do this for me or did I do you this for nasty. her? You were nasty. You were nasty. But why don't I... Can't you do that for yourself? 
Was I doing it for myself? Because if I was doing it for oh, myself, maybe, why does it match my mother's decor? Maybe you've just had... I thought I was doing it for me. All right, but this is like leaving home. Which you're, you're going to an apartment, you're, you're leaving home. There was a lot of unfinished business you had with your mother and father that you came back to their home and you've been working on that, okay? Oh, a lot I, of unfinished business. And so you've kind of regressed back to when you maybe originally left home at 18 or whatever it was, and you've been working on all, all this unfinished business, all right? Unresolved I've been, issues. I've been squandering it. I don't say I've well, been working on it. I know, because you've taken, you know, but you've acted. Some like, of that is beyond work. You've acted like a teenager again. You're sleeping all day, still noon. That's not day. being a teenager. That's suffering from my been, depression. I'm, I'm think, I assume it is your depression, but I'm just saying that you also have a, the tendency to, to regress because you're safe in your parents' home. Nick, I did that in my own home with my children when they were too little, and I remember telling them, you guys are the only reason I'm not dead. You were suicidal? I told my children, you are the only reason I'm not well, dead. Well, I guess you're suicidal. And my children remember that. I've been struggling with depression longer than I was aware of. Yeah. And I still have not beaten it. Well, now that you're not drinking, not using... I think that it's becoming more, it's come more to the surface. Yeah. And you have to face it. And it's a, and deep, I, it's a demon. This is why I used, I don't want this. I don't know how to beat this. I, all right, so I'm not bigger than this. Practically speaking, ha have you talked to your doctor at all? This is a new occurrence, I know. Yes. And, and uh, are you questioning the, uh, the I'm going to ask her to run the, the blood test, the DNA stuff, to find okay, out. Yeah. I'm going to ask her that, but. Last time I saw her, and of course I was in tears and all of this, and she says, well, maybe we need to start adding some Wellbutrin to your antidepressant. Well, that's when the doctor starts suspecting that you truly should be on bipolar medication. I am on bipolar medication. What medication? Lamictal. Yeah. Lamotrigine. Yeah. I am on that already. So why is she looking to add to it instead of well, changing it? Well, because there's a few different kinds of bipolar. Lamictal is commonly used for bipolar one, and that's a hell of a lot different than uh, bi bi why, bipolar. Why I'm sorry, bipolar two. Bipolar two is a depressive disorder. So why would, why would Bishop put me on that? You know, I'm not sure why. I he trust. Would put me on. I trusted good, him exclusively. He's a, he's a very good psychiatrist. Yeah. He put me on Lamictal. He. All right. He had well, me on you know, he, I'm sure in his he, he they start with the least. The, the medications which have least affect. Is that what Lamictal is? Well, it's it's not going to be like a Depakote or a lithium. I don't want to take a Depakote. I know, I that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. So he says, well, my I want my patient to be compliant to the meds, so I'm going to give her something that she'll agree to that may help her. What about, can Abilify be taken alone? Not generally. Uh, what does it have to be taken with? Uh, usually, it'll be taken with an antidepressant. Like uh, Lexapro. Uh, Lexapro or something like that, and Abilify. Yeah. So, but I would have to wean off of the... I just I want to do the blood test first, because... Yeah, that would be a good idea. What I meant idea. to tell Let's... you about that night with Ed was that so often throughout the night, I found myself fighting inside of myself to stay calm. And if there are times when we're supposed to be going out, you know, that Saturday that I hung out with him before, not the sand dunes night, but the night before that... We hung out, and the entire time we're sitting there on the couch, and everybody's just sitting around getting high. I am, like, crawling inside, and I'm like, I need something to do. I need I need to be doing something. Like, I do could be think, cleaning uh, this right. garage. I could be, I could, I. Do you I, think that these could be sort of 
manic episodes, little ones. Needing to do something? Well, having that jet engine in, inside of you that is... Maybe, but yeah, isn't, isn't right? my Lamictal supposed to be handling that? Uh, no, it's not that strong. It's for, it's a, it, it will moderate your moods, but it's not specifically for... Maybe. But I generally feel like I generally. <laughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry, but <coughs> I generally feel like there are a million things around me that I could be doing that I'm not doing. And in order to keep myself not looking weird to other people, you move, move, move. No, move, no, no. Move. I try to present the sense of calm uh -huh. that I'm okay. That I'm cool just sitting here, but I look around these people and I'm like, Howard, in my head, I'm like, Howard, they okay not doing anything? Like, there's so much that, like, just like screen in the light switch that's not all the way screwed in or fixing the curtain that's bending down there because someone just needs to straighten it. Um, just little. Do you think you're obsessive? I don't obsess on one thing. Well, you don't know. Obsessive compulsive people don't don't obsess on just one thing. They obsess on many things. And so you I thought obsessive compulsive obsessed on Well, there's two different types. There's, there's the actual disorder. There's also obsessive compulsive personality disorder, okay? So, you know, there there is a difference. You know. What about this stupid oh, I don't remember the name for it anymore, but just me taking on other people's needs like as my own and they seem to borderline be borderline personality disorder I don't nobody likes that one nobody likes that one but it's just that I sense other people's needs as needs whether or not they sense them I see them as needs and I look to fulfill them even if they're not aware of them and then you want to fix them but not emotional well sometimes emotional needs but sometimes I try to steer away from the emotional stuff because I know I can't fix those, but I feel them. I feel other people's emotional... I... I over-process. I... Is that... Could you consider that a racing mind? Ruminating? A rumination? I don't know. Racing thoughts? Yeah, I definitely... Oh, yeah, racing thoughts. I definitely have those. I do ruminate, but I... I do try to recognize that I'm ruminating and I try to put a stop to it because ruminating is going over and over and over and things that you can't fucking change. And I'm not trying to go insane. So when I realize it Well, can't that's one definition of ruminating. I'm not, I'm not saying it is. That's a good one. Rumination could be, uh, you know, uh, ruminating on the fact that you uh, constantly would like to be perfect, let's say. And no, I don't try that. I don't want to be perfect. Nobody's you want to go perfect. down a list of ruminating things? I don't know. Maybe you don't. I mean, ruminating things are... I don't think it... To me, ruminating is not just the obsession of trying to be perfect. Ruminating is going over and over in your head things that you continually keep trying to find better outcomes for that if you look at it in truth, you cannot change it. Well, you could have well, said well, this. You might have said this. You could have said that. You might have said that. But you didn't. And ruminating over something that you might have done better, that's what ruminating is to me. Okay. I ruminate over things that they're dead and gone. But I, if I had just said this, or if I help him understand that, I could... No, no, that stuff's dead and gone. Like, move the fuck on. To me, that's ruminating. But when it doesn't work out, do you then feel angry and uh, uh, 
unsatisfied. Uh, if you ruminate on you want to help this person, all right? Um, if they just did it this way, or if they just did it that way, or they did something different, but then they don't do it. Right. And then how does that affect you when they don't do it? I continue to ruminate on if they would do it and at then some point. And when it's done, <laughs> you're divorced out situation. Is it ever done? Well, maybe not for you. That's what ruminating to me is. You All keep right, it so alive by yes, thinking. You keep it alive. You might keep but it, it is you truly might keep, dead. You might keep a relationship alive using but that But it method. is truly dead. Yeah. Yes. To but me, that is ruminating. Well, all right, fine. To me, that is so ruminating. So you've got rumination. So you've got racing thoughts. So you've got uh, I don't rest, continue, like, like, say I had a, I needed to have a talk with someone. I don't continually ruminate about if I said this or she said that or I said that. Ruminating to me is things that I can no longer control. They've already happened. And ruminating is trying to dig up a way they could have turned out better. Well, you can that's ru- ruminating you can ruminate to me. On, on, on a test that's coming up. I mean, you know. That would, to me, that's anxiety. That's stress. Okay. Ruminating to me is is, and, and I don't know why runes. I think runes. I think death. I don't know, but I think ruminating is trying to make it, trying to find a way it could have turned out differently than it did. But basically, it has already turned out that way. So I'm ruminating over an impossibility. But you generally set that impossibility up. No, well, I'm. Because okay. of the people you So you and I, with. you and I wanted to go out to eat. Okay, you asked me if I wanted to go here, and in my impromptu, in my haste, I said no. But really, that is where I wanted to go. So we go to this other place, and it's not so great. And in my head, I'm like, well, gosh, if I would have said yes, we probably could have had this entree and this entree, and our waitress would have been great. And but here we are sitting at this restaurant because I didn't say anything, but I'm ruminating about possibilities that will never come to fruition. So you're never authentic. To me, that's... You're just never authentic. Well, to me, that's ruminating. You could have been authentic with Ed the other night and said, I'm going home. I could have, but I did that, not... But yeah, listen, I didn't, didn't want to kill the... Po- I didn't want to kill the possibility that I may have a good time. Well, on the other hand... It, How hard uh, was it for you to come out of the house the night I asked you out? Pretty easy. Really? Yeah. Because you said, I never really go out like this. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. And you didn't kind of just turn the dice with. and go, okay, let's see how it Not goes. No. Not once did you think it might be bad. No, or... I was looking forward to going out with you and hanging out with you. like. And we you did know. go out and we had a great time. Yeah, I was really happy that you invited me out. And on top of it, you paid. I, <laughs> I did. And I was like, wow. I did. I did. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> well, I definitely didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave a moment for you to ruminate about. No, I don't, you know, I was fine with... For me, it was just spending time with you. I didn't give a shit. However, well, see, if I if I had recommended or wanted to go someplace else, you probably would have said yes. But you would not have been authentic in saying yes because you wanted to go there. You don't know. If you had brought up a better I, idea that sounded better, I may have said yes. No, I, I've learned that if you suggest something... It's because I really want to. You really want to. And, and I appreciate that. that's where we Okay? Now... But the I, other I, night, you get off work, uh, you, know, you want to go home. <laughs> I uh, think I texted you about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, actually. I was really feeling P.F. Chang's that day. I was like, yeah. let me see let me see who will yeah. really go with me if mm-hmm. I invite them to go have this delicious meal. And I was who super would, glad that you said yes. Who would want to, if I can, I will go, you know? I, I have, you know. But you are so. hard to get out of the house. Yes, I am. Okay. I, no, I don't really like people. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> so, you know, I could have as much fun talking to you six hours here, right? Smoking oh, but oh my God, that food was orgasmic. Oh, it was, yeah. It was delicious. And so was the waitress. <laughs> 
She was so cute. <laughs> Remember how the lights did dim right before we asked her about it? Mm -hmm. That was a little spooky. <coughs> she, was, she was really sweet. Uh, yeah, we had a really nice... And I drank two beers. You did. And yeah. I did not. And you did not. But I hadn't had beer in... Forever? Like, forever. You looked quite pleased with it. It was a seasonal Sam Adams, I believe. Some, yeah. Some seasonal Sam Adams. It was very yeah. delicious. P.F. Chang's right, Denver. But here, but here, Thumbs up. But here you were with Ed. You didn't really want to go downtown, but you got your roommate. And Nick, the food was so amazing. Yeah. Like, why didn't that make the rest of the night worth it? Why was I still a well, miserable because bitch? because Ed was acting like a jerk. But why couldn't I just glorify in the food that I had just eaten that made me so satiated, I was so pleased, I pasted it on the Facebook. The difference is because Posted you and I, when we went down to P.F. Chang's, we were savoring not only each other, but the food together. <laughs> it we was kind of like two kids at a playground. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the soup, oh my God. Everything was, oh yeah, my gosh, we, the lettuce see, wraps. The Yeah, we were sitting across from each other, and we were laughing and Spending time together. You did you, poke some fun at the folks around us. Oh, fine, but <laughs> you know, that's my sense of humor. It might be a little bit weird. It was a little bitter. It was it was a little drinkish. It was before you stopped. And Nick, let's bring that up because I have to say, all hail Nick. Because I came to see you the other day. I expected a little pour of the wine, and he says, "I'm not drinking anymore." No. And I said, are you fucking no, kidding me? Not. I said, shut the fuck up. Because that's what I do. Yeah. I said, Nick, shut the fuck up. And he said, no, I, I haven't drank since last weekend. Yep. And this is and the following weekend. Yeah, so congrats. Yeah. But the one thing I have to ask you about, because when you said it to me, first of all, I didn't ask you for that information. And if you I was know, part of it. If you know any addicts, addicts sometimes will volunteer information you're not asking for, and when they do, you need to question them. You're one of my best friends. I but listen. Share it with you. So my friend Ed, one of his boys called and he's like, hey, I know I've been out of touch, haven't seen you in a while, but hey man, you know what? I'm, I'm still clean. And Ed's like, I didn't ask him if he was clean. He goes, and I remember when I was using, that would be my first thing to try to reassure my folks. I haven't used since. I haven't used, I haven't used, I haven't used. He goes, even though I was using. Mm -hmm. So to Ed, that was a trigger that his boy was using because his boy was like, I haven't used since. I see. So, he, so when uh, you said, I haven't felt any triggers, my yeah. first thought was bullshit. Well, I didn't. Actually, I, I'm not having any cravings whatsoever. I, I Today, okay, you're coming over, haven't seen you in a while, and I haven't drank in two weeks, okay? Kay. I said, bring a treat. I'd, I'd be happy with a couple shots. I'll drink with you, all right? Just like I drank a couple beers. You had this turned the wrong way the whole time. God damn it. Okay. Go ahead. But I drank a couple beers down at P.F. Chang's, too, mm. you know? It's just, you know what I'm not you hadn't doing? Quit I'm then. not buying You hadn't boxes. quit then. You hadn't quit then. Oh. I'm not buying boxes of wine. But I don't believe I you when you say you don't have, that you don't have cravings. I don't believe you. I must have had some cravings today a little bit because I wanted you to bring over shots. But just, even when you finish your night, and, and this is, okay, this is where I disagree with the craving term, but I have to think this is what they mean, okay? So when you shut down your computer at the end of the day, after taking your phone calls and making your phone calls, mm -hmm. do you not think, oh, good, I'm going to have a glass of wine? No, I don't. I'm telling you the truth, honest to God. I, I have experienced such an energy shift in my, you know, I'm getting shit done. I'm painting walls for my... In my Do you understand why I you mean, can't connect with your daughters? Because we don't understand that disconnect. I, us, don't, that I, don't, complete... I don't get it. I have tried heroin. I've tried cocaine. I've tried molly. I've done, I've done everything you can... Mushrooms, peyote. You've never done meth. Uh, LSD. I've not done ever meth. 
All right. Have you done heroin? Yes. Okay. And no, no addictions there? Nothing. Never caught me. Never hooked me. No, never. It was never, ever. I never went back Have you ever it. suffered from depression? No. Oh, that might be why. I'm sorry, but I think... Well, my mother was an alcoholic, you know, I mean, do you, and... Do you I, suppose I she I, maybe got depressed when you ditched the yeah, draft well, I, well, I and left the country? The country? Yeah, might have. She might have. Hers, so hers would be afflictive depressive disorder, yeah. if you ask me. Some of us are just born with depressive disorder. We're well, just she born... also was a victim of sexual abuse. Okay. You know, so so maybe your inability to experience, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's amazing that you do not experience the addictive drive, grasp, the drive, the, 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 yeah. the pinch, the yeah. claw. I need like, something. You don't get that because for a person not going a day without a drink, you think about drinking every second of the fucking day. Okay. I, can, I know my mother was like that. I have not bought a box of wine since the time before the... And I, I don't you. question you on that. And I haven't drank. But I question you on... So if you didn't feel a drive to drink every day, why did you drink every day? I think for me, it becomes... It became a pattern. What initiated? Because a long time ago now, huh? Because before, a long time ago, I mean, 15, what, 12 years ago, I, I was drinking a handle of tequila twice a week. Yikes. And we did it together many times, you know. Most of the times it was weekends. Yeah. Or, yeah, because that's when I had my kids. And, or, yeah. And but we, you were doing a handle when I wasn't around, when Mel yeah, told me you yeah. had sores on your legs. And, yeah. And I had to quit because I had sores on my legs. And that legs. quitting wasn't hard? No. I, I then also, why, all if it's sudden, not hard to quit, sudden, why frame. do you do it? That's what I, I don't like, understand. I like the feeling of being high. And, and... And that just goes away when you decide not to drink? For me, it does. Because then there's another high that happens. For God, me. you're lucky. Because now, I, I, like I told you, I'm scrubbing the kitchen floor. I'm you replaced the sink it, you know, that you bought back in January yeah, that right, you hadn't done until yeah. now? I hung his that, beer. To me, that sounds like someone on meth. Well, maybe that's But naturally joy. for you, that's what happens? Uh, yeah, I'm not falling asleep on the couch after work. We should have our hormones tested and compared against the other because I'll bet that you've got something that I was born without Could in be. order to be able to... Like, for you, it's a it's a choice. Yeah, it truly is. It truly is I a choice. I don't even get addicted to weed. For I me, it's a fight. Cigarettes kill me. For me, it's a fight. I have a hard time with cigarettes. So, so something does force yeah. you to feel like you need to fight. Yeah. But I would, not the I, other two. Not, nothing else. I would not... Um, no, I could walk away from all of it. And I would well, not... Well, as ridiculous as it is, and this isn't even my... I, I have no dog in this fight, except I love all of you equally. Uh, next time you feel difficulty in understanding either one of your daughter's connections to meth, try to compare it to your tobacco, because that's the only yeah, thing the maybe that you yeah. will ever... It's a medical condition. I know that. And I shifted from a medical condition because I used to think it was a choice. Okay. Now I know that it's a, just like diabetes. It's a sickness. It's an illness. Which one? All the addictions. Alcohol included. Alcohol included. You just got some Superman buried. No, like, do you suppose your father had the same ability you do, which was why he couldn't yeah, sympathize maybe, with your mom? Maybe. I th he went to Al-Anon for years. He did, and everything, and he tried yeah, to. He, he, he tried to understand her, but he, he couldn't fix her. Well, he couldn't. He knew that he could not fix her. And that he had to just let her do what she was going to do. Which so was did eventually. he go to Al-Anon for himself or to help her? For himself. Uh, he needed to understand the addiction. Was uh, he an alcoholic? No, not at all. Never? Never. Ever. 
I mean, you can't. He's somebody who. You can't been, possibly know that. Yes, when I When he was a yeah. teen, when he was younger, you don't Never. know. In the Navy? I mean, all of his family? Navy? Come on. I'm just saying. Yeah, you can't dad, ever possibly know me. everything about everybody. You can't. you well, got to right. believe there's a part of your father. I think he might have had an affair one time, but I don't think that has anything to do with... Really? Yeah. You don't? Yeah. Trying to get away from your mom and her sickness? No, that was years before that, her sickness emerged. Oh. She became an alcoholic after I returned from Europe. Well, when I came back, she was already an alcoholic, had been for about 18 months. I mean, hitting it hard. Wouldn't and you love to look into the depth of years. why it happened then? Because I'll bet well, you I think know, a lot of it to I you. Know. Bullshit. My, Nick, my you siblings blamed me for leaving because they said that when you left, my mom started drinking heavy. And she may have. And she got depressed. But you came home whole, all of your limbs intact. Yeah, and I had You one. were not in a casket. Not she that, did not but, get a ribbon. But I did not write but once every six months. All right. Uh, my I sons never, don't talk to gone, me but once a year. I was gone for six and a half years. My father says, boys never write, never. That's what my dad said. Boys never talk, never. He said that to me last night. Yeah. So you shouldn't feel bad about your well, lack of communication my, because men in general... Had I understood the effect it might have had on my mother, I would have done something differently. Do you just not think that your leaving was her excuse to dive off that deep end? That well, she'd been peering down it for quite some on, time? Maybe, who knows what was going on with her and my father? You know, maybe the marriage was starting to drift. Maybe she knew about that affair you think may have happened. What happened when I think I was like six And so it just festered old. with her all those years. Yeah, At like, some point, you need, a, you have a break point. Well, maybe she had an affair. I don't know. You know? Well, as a man who can now reasonably view this, do you still feel complete blame for her break? Not at all. She... Had no support. She didn't know who to talk to. My dad was, uh, you know, uh, not a very, uh, you know, therapeutic kind of guy, you know. <laughs> Most men aren't. <laughs> he was kind of like more like your dad, and he was probably even worse than your dad when it came to talking about feelings. Ooh, to bring that up, do you suppose that's why you went to the extreme in learning all you could about emotions and communication and people? I mean, you definitely fell very far from the tree when it comes to wanting to understand emotions. Well, I recognized in high school that I wanted to be a social worker or a therapist. Why was that? Because everybody's fucking coming to me with their problems about boyfriend breakups and girlfriend breakups. And well, why would that steer you towards it? Wouldn't that push you away <laughs> from it? They all wanted to talk to me, and I enjoyed helping them. Okay, okay. I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but they seemed... Needing and you felt potentially able to give, like yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. That is. Uh, uh, no, How does that play into Miss Dove of America? Miss who? Dove of America. Who's Miss Dove? I uh, one of your wives. What the rich girl? Yes. That's why she liked me, I think, because I was kind of... Because that's what you were into? Is that when you met? Was when you were pursuing no, your was, career as a no? I was a therapist. Pastry, I was a pastry chef. When she met me. Over in England? Or over in Spain? No, no. I thought you were a pastry chef no, in I Spain. was learning to be a pastry chef in Italy. I came Spain. back to America, and I worked in Madison, Wisconsin at a bakery. I was the executive chef at this restaurant bakery operation, and that's where she met me. Oh, met okay. Her. Okay. She lived down the street. 
and she would come in. She moved into town after just. So did you tour. sell her on the bit that you wanted to become a social worker and save the world? Um, a after we were married, she said, oh, okay. "Would you like to go to school?" And I said, "Because I never had a chance to go to school." So you're like, "Fuck yeah!" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Well, what would you like to do?" Well, I'd like to study psychology. Okay. So I got an undergraduate in psychology, and I got a master's degree in social work. Nice. All right. She paid for the whole thing. Nice. And she divorced me. Did she? <laughs> she gave you something. Well, it didn't do any good. You know what? Honestly, think she gave you something to make some grounds on, and then yeah. she was like, "See ya." Yeah. Uh, so when she offered, I'm done. <laughs> wait. So when she offered you and the she education, didn't even talk about it. <laughs> when she offered you the education, was she already knowing she was done with it? She might have been. I don't know. I don't think so. Because it, it kind of reminds me. She might me, have been ruminating on it. It reminds me. No, ruminating is what's already done. Um, stressing about or uh, when my ex, my ex remarried after we divorced he married my best friend from eighth grade uh yes maria gallucci and i were best friends in eighth grade and we stopped being best <coughs> friends because she was talking to marcos behind my back when marcos and i were dating so that was in eighth grade right so back then i knew she was a dirty bitch but he married her later and um <laughs> oh my god i totally had somewhere to go with that as far as you oh yes so they were married, I think, for about a year. Then they bought a puppy together. Okay, they bought Coco. My daughter, Amy, loves Coco. Okay, Coco's this tiny little <laughs> Boston Terrier because Marcos loves Boston. And Marcos is a big guy. So walking around with this tiny little frou-frou puppy always just cracked me up. But um, she bought him a puppy, and she told him, you know, I want you to get a place of your own. You know, I, I need you to move out of my place. You get a place of your own, and then we'll get a place together. So she helped Marcos move out on his own, and then she divorced him. <laughs> see? So well, like with yeah, you, she like, helped yeah. you get an education, and then yeah. she's like, see ya. Yep. I set you up. Well, she, Swim. she became a Buddhist. Mm. Is she a happy Buddhist? A, a happy Buddhist monk. She's a lama. She's a lama? She, she went over to Tibet. <laughs> she got a She sex learned change. the language. Became a lama. There's, I guess, female llamas, but she's the only one that I ever heard of. Oh, <laughs> she so wears, not, she not wears, like a furry llama no, that walks no, around on the No, she feet, wears no. the the you know the red red robes with the yellow and the and the hat with the feathers on the top and the whole thing. Does she, she have a sex boy at night? Like, no, where's she doesn't? Where's the end they're for her? celibate. Well, where's that's why she was. Where's the happiness in that? Way deep into her uh, the spiritualism, but you have to understand that she was a very very wealthy person, and she didn't she didn't. She wanted to contribute, but she didn't know how. Everybody yes. hates you when you're filthy rich. Yeah. All right? So here was a group of people that... All right. She wasn't strong enough to love herself despite no, that. No, she built a mosque in Montana. <laughs> wow. A, a Buddhist mo mosque. Mosque. Yeah. yeah. The whole, you know, arches and, you know, things that you spin, prayer wheels. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know... Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and she walks around in these robes, and run, and she runs a, a a retreat for people who are want to be Buddhist or they are. Buddhist. She charges them, I'm sure. Yeah, quite a bit. Oh yeah, and she's got a lot of these little monkey guys. What uh, are her daughters doing? Do you know? One daughter is. Um, Do you Facebook haunt them? What? Do you Facebook haunt them or Facebook no. stalk them? I know Luna's friends with them on Facebook, oh, so okay, if cool. I want, I can ask Luna. Cool. No, they're all doing something. They're not working. None of them. Well, why would they? They got millions of dollars. Not one of them. Hopefully, is they're doing things they enjoy. I hope so, but it's really tough being rich. It's yes, not a hard. lot of things you enjoy. You have to do through hard work. Yeah. 
and you, you really do. If you don't, if you're rich and you don't have to do hard work, then you don't learn the lessons. But some rich brats go and they give themselves over to a third world country where they work themselves away to the bone and they really do try to give everything they have into, yeah. Yeah. you know, being thankful for what they have. Yeah, and people can't understand them. They say, what are you doing that? Yeah. You know, um, she you feel, did, you she, feel, well, she, her work was spiritual. You feel unworthy spiritual. when you have that much yeah, money. You feel unworthy. She didn't make it. It's all trust fund. You, at some point you feel unworthy. Yeah. And so she had I to have, she had to have a have meaning. A Here, the, the purpose of life is to have a meaning of why you exist. Yes. You have to have a meaning. Now, for many, many years, I, my meaning was my, I was a single dad. My meaning was my children. Yes. Okay. Now I have a meaning. It's my grandchild. You know, I'm helping him out. Okay. I still have a meaning with my children because they're still struggling with their own addictions and recovery. They're still very involved yeah. in your life. Right. And so my meaning right now is to be Papa. All right, Grandpa. Okay. And so if I didn't have that meaning, I'd have to be in a place like you are. Now what? Now what's my meaning? I'm, I'm in recovery. I, I'm alone. I've been raising children for. Where do I make years. my meaning? Where Where do you find your meaning? Or, or, or where is There were meaning? people, uh, Franco writes, uh, he was in Auschwitz, okay? In a, he's Jewish, during the war. And hundreds of people in a warehouse kind of situation, you know, on bunk beds and stuff like that. He said the people who survived, there's one guy he described, he says, one guy, he wrote down the first page of a novel that he wanted to write. Oh, wow. And he hid this paper. He kept, you know, he kept it between the boards and the walls or whatever. That was, and he said, when I get out, I'm writing this. And they weren't fed. They were starving. You know? and he said, yeah, I'm going to make it because I'm going to write this book. Right. And he kept it, and they never found it. And he was one of them that survived. He said, had he not had that, that goal, that meaning, right. he would have given up and died with the rest of them. I understand they, that. Because they become hopeless. <coughs> and then when you get hopeless, helplessness creeps in. And you feel helpless. And all of a sudden you've lost... You don't your, see your, a way you, out. You've lost your, 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 your you know, um, forward motion. You know what I mean? Yeah. You find yourself stuck. you got to have a meaning. There's books. Uh, his book happens to be, <laughs> be called Man's Search for Meaning. Okay? Oh, nice. Um... So many of us don't have that meaning. Like, we don't I, have that page yeah, written I know, I know. I, and, and it for really, a novel. It really makes you depressed and sad. Well, it's it's not. It's for me the hardest thing is getting down and digging into myself to find that purpose. I know it's not out there for me to find. I know it's inside of me to discover. Like I don't think that. I know it's not going to be found without a lot of personal investigation, a lot of honesty, a lot of being real with myself. Like, I'm not going to be able to find that purpose for me until I do that hard work. And I've hid from doing that hard work. I've hid by drinking. I've hid by doing drugs. I've hid by smoking pot. I've hid because I am afraid to go that deep inside myself. Well, you have to be with somebody you trust. Not all of us have someone. Well, I know. How do you, I come upon that on my own accord? 
Like, is it just time? Some, some, Luna is like going to church when she gets in this Fuck situation. Church. I know, I know. I don't mean it that way. I, I actually love my parents' church. I have a beautiful, wonderful friend there, Joan. She is amazing. And I thank God every time she gets in touch with me because she reminds me that I'm beautiful and that I'm worth it. And I will love her till the end of my days. But as far as the organized church, the organized religion, I struggle with that, obviously. All right, here, listen to this. He's talking about his, um, his therapist. Uh, we'll call him Master, okay? Because he's studying under a, a, a... The Master answered and said, Once there lived a village of creatures along the bottom of a great crystal river. The current of the river swept silently over them, all young and old, rich and poor, good and evil, the current going its own way, knowing only its own crystal self. Each of the creatures, in its own manner, clung tightly to the twigs and the rocks of the river bottom. For clinging was their way of life, and resisting the current was, was what each had learned to do from birth. But one creature said at, at last, I'm tired of clinging. Though I cannot see it with my eyes, I trust that the current knows where it is going. I shall let go and let it take me with it, with its will. Clinging, I shall die of boredom. The other creatures laughed and said, Feel? No, they said, <laughs> I'm sorry, they laugh. Fool? Let go and that current will uh, that you worship will throw you tumbled and smashed across the rocks and you will die quicker than boredom. But the one heeded them not and taking a breath did let go and at once was tumbled and smashed by the current across the rocks. Yet in time as the creature refused to cling again the current lifted him free from the bottom and he was bruised and hurt no more. And the creature's downstream to him, whom he was a stranger, cried, See, a miracle, a creature like ourselves. Yet, yet he flies. See the Messiah come to save us all. And the one covered in the, uh, oh, the one curried in the current said, I am no more Messiah than you. The river delights to lift us free. If only we dare to let go. Our true work is this voyage, this adventure. And what was that from? This book, Illusions, by Richard Bach. That was a good clip. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to see that because I... I I don't feel like I cling. I feel like, if anything, I've always been one to let go to the current, and it's not suited me well. But I, as I age, I learn more and more that I cling in ways I don't know that hurt me, that even though I think I'm being free, I'm actually more anchored into a negative place than I, than I ever knew. I think I was clinging to the alcohol. 
All right? Yeah. And I let go. And the river was joyful in allowing me it to... It smashed you against the rocks. That's yeah, not joyful. Well, it, 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 it did because I was, I was using that... But and where was your smash? Tricks. Where was your smashing into the rocks? Because you don't seem to have had a negative reaction to quitting at all. Like you didn't have a day where you didn't want to get out of bed. You didn't have like no, where you hurt been. and ached all I, over. I think every individual is different. Everybody has a degree. Like, but of you didn't like your body didn't hurt. You didn't have a headache. You didn't like I don't up. I didn't tremor. Me, I don't no sweats. No. I call bullshit. I don't. You, know? <laughs> well, you can call bullshit, but that's the way it was. I wouldn't lie to you. I, I've always. Been I know. I know. I just. I've never experienced at least somewhat of a lag, somewhat of a down. All right, we all time. hang on to those twigs at the bottom, but we don't always know why we're doing it or that we are even doing it. Right. I was going to say, I don't know. I don't. That's where the exploration starts. You have to find out if you're actually hanging on to those twigs at the bottom of the river. And, yeah. You know, what they look like <laughs> and so how are you going to let go. That's so dumb. <laughs> Looking at those twigs well, and figuring out what they are. Using, like, using metaphors, you know. Yes, course, I know, yeah. but it sounds like ridiculous. It sounds so much easier than it is. Of it's course. not just like finding a twig this and identifying is, this is it. Shadow work. <laughs> it's not like finding a twig and identifying. That's why I laugh when you say that. Like it would be so much easier if it was. But truly, you have to get down to. Uh, you you actually have to hurt. Before you can investigate right. the causes, you're not. You have not until this time been old enough or mature enough to look at your own shadow. All right, your my shadow. shadow. Why would you say my shadow? I play with my shadow all the time when the sun's setting. No. I do too. It's fun. Eli and I will dance. He's my baby. I love that little boy. <coughs> I have to clean that, <coughs> clean that, and put fresh in. Currently, Nick is looking in a book called "What Shadows?" Uh, Meeting the shadow. <laughs> Meeting the shadow. The dark side of human nature. Yes, today I guess he's looking for a verse that must remind him of me, or something he wants me to hear. Well, is I, I want no. You, I really appreciated your reading that. I thought that was awesome. I want like, you yes. to understand what shadow work is. I understand that. Right? You have prior to this not been old enough to know what <laughs> shadow is. Okay. You're not in this. You weren't in the stage of development. Okay. Okay. All right. So listen to this. I'll, I'll read a few. Okay. Our friends show us what we can do. Our enemies teach us what we must do. You know, if, if you let me read the parts you want to read, I understand things twice as well when I speak them and read them. Do you uh, know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll find some good ones for you then. I find that to be very... It, it just... It's like they say about writing out your feelings. Yep. You know, writing mm -hmm. a letter, write... That's a huge thing Jordan Peterson pushes... Um, because there truly is marked progress in patients who suffer from PTSD when they write about or talk about their traumatic experiences. There truly is marked progress in their recovery. All right, so you can go through this and read these little, before each chapter they have. Which one do you want me to read out loud? Read None them, of them all. Okay. 
A disciple asked a learned rabbi why it is that God used to speak directly to his people, yet he never does so today. The wise men replied, men cannot bend low enough now to hear what God says. Bend low enough? Yeah, because God isn't some almighty thing. They don't get into the, the you know, bending low enough to hear God's voice. In other words, you you have to give We're up. so high and caught up in ourselves. Yeah, you're all, yeah, you're not humble enough to hear God's voice. It belongs to the depth of religious spirit to have felt forsaken, even by God. Okay, so that I am I'm sensing a tread. Oh, sorry, I should read the first one. The disciple asked a learned rabbi. That was a Jewish proverb. Uh, it belongs to the depth of the religious spirit to have felt forsaken, even by God, is by Alfred North Whitehead. Behind the repressed darkness and the personal shadow, that which has been is rotting, and that which is not yet and is germinating is the archetypal darkness, the principle of not being, which has been named and described as the devil, as evil, as original sin, as death, as nothingness. That was James Hillman. Yeah, it's a noted Jungian therapist. Jungian? Jungian, Carl Jung. Yes, yes, uh, Peterson loves him. A spiritual life cannot save you from shadow suffering. Suzanne Wagner. I'm talking about shadow suffering right. today. Okay. Okay. All right. You saw your friend. Yes. Uh, well, ex-friend. All right. The other day. Here's an example of shadow. You got away from her. Yeah. All right. And you participated in some pretty nefarious things with her, you know, in drug addiction. And she has these beautiful children. All right. So you caught her eye. The sh she is now your shadow. That is where you were, okay? That was the dark forest when you were with her. She's your shadow. She's part of you when you project onto her and it comes back at you. She is where you were, okay? She's your shadow. You don't want to own that, okay? No, but part of me wants to go back to that. So well, yeah, but the shadow can be inviting. But, you, you know, let's say you... Um, the shadow, you project your own shadow into other people, all right? You might project your shadow onto somebody who is raging, right, out there, and you somehow feel very irritated by that, okay? You have a reaction, all right? That is your shadow stuff, because you probably are a raging individual inside. It's just never emerged, okay? But that person is acting out your shadow, okay? So that's another example of shadow, all right? Okay. In your 40s, you your shadow starts coming up, okay? Every contained anymore? Everything you've suppressed about yourself that you feel is negative, okay? Okay. Begins to come up and begins to really bother you. Okay? <laughs> because okay. you're not being authentic until you deal dance with your shadow. It's it's like shadow. What if your shadow's all negative and nasty and you just don't want to be there? A lot of times it way. is. A lot of times it is, you know? <laughs> Because my boss, she told me at one point, and she because she knows I'm living with my aging parents, and she says, "I'm sure, Jody, that you've noticed this, but you know, as people get older, you know, this little neighbor down the the block that you thought was this quiet church lady is now this cussing, raging, angry little woman that, you know, that's her true identity. Like yes. she's trying to tell me that out of us always comes nasty, ugly, not nice people." <laughs> Well, imagine that, all right, you must know some of these uh, church women who are very perky, always kind, 
part of the PTO. They're, they're, you know, yeah. on the board of directors at the church. My mom is the nicest yeah. woman you'll yeah. ever meet. Are you saying she's going to become some raging, No, I'm thinking hateful? that uh, she might never, never dance I with I don't think she, my mother will ever. She'll never dance with if a she child. hasn't... My no. mother's never taken pills for being depressed, Nick. And she's lived through horrible things. And she, she does write. She has diaries, which is amazing to me. But she still writes them now. And when I... It's... It's yeah. A lot of shadow. It's an amazing is, place to a, be. My a, house. A lot of a lot of shadow stuff is very um, ancestral. It's very uh, mythological. It's inside of you, archetypal. You know what I mean? There was a personality break somewhere between my grandmother and my mother. I don't mm -hmm. know which had it or both, but um, my mother says that she never felt like she belonged from the age of three. She didn't feel like she belonged anywhere, Nick. Three years old. She didn't feel like she belonged. Huge BPD mm -hmm. thing. Um, she never felt loved by her mother. She never mm -hmm. felt accepted by her mother. Um, she just always felt lost. Always felt didn't belong, even throughout life. Even with her family. She doesn't understand any of his children. Mm -hmm. Like, she says, you know, I don't understand one of you. And she means it. Mm -hmm. Like, she does not understand other human beings. Well, it's interesting for me, uh, as my, using myself as an example. My mother was a very um, uh, angry, physically abusive, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive person throughout my, from the time I was a little kid. She could not contain herself. I, we got lots of spankings, okay? Screaming and yelling and, you know. And um, at, when I became an adult, the type of woman that I would look for <coughs> was that kind of woman. Okay. Angry and Somebody, abusive and uh, yeah. physical, mental. My first wife threw knives and plates at me. <laughs> you did was, leave her, though. Good yes, job on uh, that. Yeah, after 11 years. Okay, so perhaps all the dragons of our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see, uh, see us once beautiful and brave. Perhaps everything terrible in it uh, Let is, me read is, it. <laughs> I can read. I know. You just weren't doing it well. Perhaps all the dragons of our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us once, beautiful and brave. Perhaps everything terrible is in its deepest doing something that needs our love. Rainer Maria Rilke? Rilke, yeah. Rainer? That was a, oh, that's a guy. Yeah. Rainer Maria? Yeah. Oh, because they took their mother's name in some way, right? Yeah. Oh my God, this is probably the longest podcast I've ever, ever done. <laughs> Hate, ha hate has a lot in common with love, chiefly with that self-transcending aspect of love, the fixation on others, the dependence on them, and in fact, the delegations of a piece of one's own identity to them. The hater longs for the object of his hatred. Yeah, you can see that in behavior. Too. I can see it also in drug addiction. Oh, that's very true. Yes, because we most... Deeply hate. You hate the we drug. Hate you hate yeah. who you are on the drug. And but the cannot, hater longs for the. You cannot object of not his hate. want it. Yeah. yeah. So the so the hater longs for the object of his heart, hatred. And we do. We so do. the drug becomes your shadow. Who you are on the drug is your shadow, and you don't like it. Okay. But we're drawn to it. You're drawn it to it. It is a part of us. You have to process it. There has to be a balance. There has to be light and there has <laughs> to be shadow. What you present to the to the world is your light. What you don't present to the world is your shadow. Agreed. You're very protective of your shadow. In your midlife, and I've done some of this work. Not, I'm not done yet. 
But it, you know, in your midlife, you can actually begin to face the shadow part of yourself, and a lot of people can't do it until they're fifty. All right. Do you know what I found? Hmm. A lot of people don't realize that being alive requires work. That oh. becoming a better person requires work. That you should always strive to become a better person. Like I had friends who were like, "Why do you always look this stuff up? Like, do you think something's wrong with you?" And I'm like. No, obviously something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, and a lot of friends didn't understand why I was looking at self-help stuff while I was reading this. Why I was, it's not necessarily that I think my life is shitty. It's just I believe it could be better, and I want to find out. How, That's you know? true. But you know what else happened to me? All right, my partner Ellen. Yeah. She died. Yeah. A horrible death. All right. Death was something I was I, I was terrified of. All my life. Even though you lost Ex both your parents. But, yeah, you've but, lost but, but it, that is my shadow. Still a huge, well, yeah, it's a fear for all of us. It's my, yeah, but it's my, but I had, I had, I was forced to embrace it. In a, in a very, And deal yes, with it. And very dance Very intimate way. Right. Because right. she died while living with you. She yeah. died slowly over time. Right. That, in part, was my, some of my shadow work on death. Well, why did that... Okay, so if that was something that you knew you needed to grow, you needed to work on to develop, you were given that, horrible as it was, opportunity to do that. So now, do you feel better about it? I do. I'm not as afraid as I was. Yeah. Or I does am. it make you more afraid? Like, what does no, that... No, it doesn't make me more afraid. My parents were older, and so I knew that, all right, they died. Do you think and, that you, know. you, you needed that? To feel better about it, or, or do you think that that was your fear, and your fear found you? Like uh, no, I think I, my fear my fear showed up on the door. Yes. I guess and without me knowing it, uh, and then over the course of four years, projecting out to the world, and it's, well, I what did, do they call uh, that the 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 gift or the the wish or it, it's like whatever you put out to the world comes to you. Well, projective identification it turns out to be because you're projecting... So you're putting that fear that, out there so that, that fear came to you. That fear came to me. She <laughs> didn't know it. I didn't know it. Well, God, no. Of course not. She... And I'm what, sure that's she's not the only thing... She's never been in a relationship that was um, nice. Okay? Neither did you, really. Look, well, I'm, you? I'm talking about her. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about her shadow. Okay. All right? Oh, her shadow. She thought she always had to perform in a certain way, right, in order to be liked. Okay. All right. So she had an opportunity in my relationship through the course of her cancer to be an absolute bitch. Okay? What does that mean? Angry, disappointed, I'm going to die. Don't talk to me like that. Get I know, out of but here. But a lot of us don't always get. But her, her shadow was people who were angry. She was always, always not angry. Oh. I, I'm angry. <laughs> I've been angry. I don't yeah. have that shadow. That, sh that My shadow me. sometimes are, are, like we talked earlier, people, young women in general, or men even, who are overly bright. Oh, not intelligent bright, but their personality is bright. Bubbly. Like... You know, like make you want to gag with a spoon. Well, that yeah, and that is that is my <laughs> shadow. Okay, but there, you know, that's I, your shadow, the happy bubbly. Yeah. Oh, why I, do you I, run from that? I think it's inauthentic. That's in my head. Okay, 
Oh, that's crazy. So you know? you're being inauthentic. So I'm not grumpy. Being that <laughs> I'm grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and my shadow is somebody who's not grumpy. You know. That's funny. How do you know that is your like? I don't know what my shadow is. All, well, it'd be a it. good thing to find out. You can't. It ta- it's so deep and so complex. You take years. But your shadow is nice. You should want to meld with that. You don't know that my shadow. My well, if you my, just oh, said my, your shadow. Well, all right, all right. I am nice. You should okay, want to But I'm not that, that nice. All right. But maybe if you would be, you would be that nice. Yeah. Uh, I, well, all right. Another, here's another version. That was a good point, Joe. Ar- arrogant people. Arrogant people? I can't stand arrogant people. Oh, they kind of make me laugh. Okay. But for me, I get disgusted. That's yeah, my... Sh- I you know, shouldn't that's let my, them get you worked up. I know, I'm not saying that. Okay. When that happens, that's you a flag. That's your reaction. That's your shadow. Okay. That's your shadow. Coming up. Saying What? Say, What's your shadow saying when you don't like arrogant people? That maybe I don't feel uh, good enough about myself. Oh, that's maybe maybe I'm unworthy. Maybe okay. I feel unworthy. Okay? okay. You have to kind of break it down. You, well, you do, but first, how do you know well, which feeling is you, correct? You, first, you see the trigger. Because I would have thought maybe somebody of high stature had once been bad to you, and therefore you feel negative towards them. So how do you know which one of those uh, may, it is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, uh, whatever maybe it's it is. Really whatever made that my shadow, I don't know. Okay? <laughs> okay. All I know is that when it bugs me, it bugs you. When Melanie comes over here, ice cream man. <laughs> when ice Melanie, cream man. you want an ice cream? We don't have ice cream man in Parker. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got good ice cream here. Yeah, he's gone. Okay. All right. So when Melanie comes over, my next door neighbor. Yeah. All right. And she's drinking my coffee, and I'm making her breakfast or whatever, you know. And she wants to borrow my tools, and she said, can you help me move this furniture? Can you do this? Can you do that? Never once has she brought over a bottle of wine. Never once has she said, here, I'll do this for you, you know. Has never done that, okay? Bake me a cake, whatever you, whatever stupid thing, you know. I practice with my tricks. <laughs> All right, so... You make uh, me feel guilty. No, here. no, I'm, no, I'm using this as I'm an example. Kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, so I become irritated by that. I become irritated angry. by continually being nice to somebody. No, who by somebody taking advantage. Somebody who takes advantage of me. But you continue to allow yourself to be taken advantage of. I know that's a, that okay, is a shadow. All right, that's a shadow struggle. Okay. That's all a right. shadow dance. I'm listening. Sorry. Okay. Yes. And I have gotten better with her. Good. I, I'm able to say to her, "No, I'm not going to do that." And if I do something for you, it's because I want to do something for you. You know. Do you tell her these things? <coughs> yeah. Do you say, Melanie, this is a struggle for me because I want to do this I've for you, but gone, I feel like no. you take Melanie advantage of me? Is not, Melanie is not a person who hears that kind of stuff. She's, Nick, regardless of who hears it, you should always be authentic to yourself. I know. I can be authentic myself by not doing it. But if, or when she comes but over if you know and asks, you're do it I anyway, say, no, sorry, I can't do that. If you know you're going to do it anyway, you can let them know. To get a little bit off of your conscience, you can let them know this makes me feel bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. Put some of it on theirs if they well, have one. I, yeah, if I got that upset about it, it was a life and death thing. I'm using just, a, I'm serious. trying to get you to teach, I'm trying to teach you what a shadow is. I know. I'm sorry, I forgot. It's we not about recording. individual issues in my life and other people I haven't, you know, my, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Why yes. do you think I got so goddamn upset with Hazel and Luna becoming addicts? Why? <laughs> Because inside myself, I'm with? probably an addict of some sort, and it pissed me off at why you couldn't stop. Just stop. See me? I just stopped. You didn't stop because smoking. I haven't, no. You haven't been able to I, prove that you can. I'm not talking about smoking. We're talking I'm about talking addiction. about shadow. 
But you were talking about addiction. Well, all right, yeah, maybe that's my shadow. That I could say, I couldn't say just stop because I can't. And you just know what? Say if you stop. can, then you have the right to say it. Yeah. Do it. I dare you. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, you can say it to them because you know. I don't. I understand. It's a medical condition for them. It's. It's not. Addiction is not a will thing. It's not a. Except in your life. It's a choosing thing for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But well, I think, I think so why do you, you believe have, in others it's any with, different? You have why? withdrawal symptoms from cigarettes, so it must be a medical thing, too. It could just be I'm a... trying to talk about shadow, and you keep going off on tangents. <laughs> okay, shadow. Shadow, we're back to shadow. I'm saying that you got triggered because... My you're, shadow. You're she recovered. is my shadow. She's your shadow. Yes. You, you know? said that, and I yeah. understood that. All right. Uh, and you did make that point, Nick. Yeah. I'm Ed, sorry, you got you triggered didn't... with Ed... Because he's a part of your shadow. No. He's I didn't get triggered. Trigger, I got triggered with Ed. It wasn't... Okay, when I say shadow, I'm talking about my meth addiction. Okay? Um, when you say shadow in regards to Ed, that's I don't feel a shadow there. There I just feel a huge disrespect. My shadow that follows me there is that I don't feel like I've ever really been respected by anyone. And therefore, when I see it, you know... <laughs> Like, lacking even more? Like, I will put the brakes on that real quick. I think you've never been respected by previous people in your life because you don't respect yourself enough. And if you did, you would have gotten away from them. There still are people that have respected me throughout my life. Whether or not I've respected myself, I have been treated respectfully by others. I will say that. So having respect for yourself is your shadow. That's what you're working on. Having love for myself is something I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. Finding worth. Having enough respect for yourself. Finding worth without my kids. Finding worth without my family. Finding worth. Put value on our friendship. Put value on something else. Your work. Put value. Get yourself a meaning. I know, right? (laughs) Why are you alive? I have a granddaughter. Shut up. I'm alive because I'm important. Because I matter. Come here, guys. Come here. What are we looking at? Hi. Hi. I can't see them. I don't have glasses on. I don't know where my glasses are. Well, you're behind the tree. Where are you? I can't see you. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, sorry, this has been a, a big back and forth. And uh, I do have to say, when we started this podcast, I was feeling pretty crummy. And I do feel a little bit better, whether it's worked up over things that I uh, still need to uh, debate out you. in my mind or not. Um, yeah, it's October. God damn it, I keep saying it's October. It's not fucking October. Tomorrow is Tomorrow's October. October. <laughs> I bought so many Halloween trinkets for this, that, and the other to put up at my house, which I think I mentioned earlier uh, that actually match my mother's house. But, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this Halloween. Um, I always liked Halloween when I had my kids because their candy was my candy, and I love candy. But um, other than that, didn't really care for it. But this year, totally getting into it. Um, and Ed, I gotta get with you because I swear I bought three skull shot glasses at Target last night, and they must be mixed up in your shit. So, I'll hit you back for that. This is Jaded. I'm Jody. This is Nick. Take care. Thanks for listening. <laughs>